Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast this week. I'm so excited to be back with you and we have a really fun guest today. I'm so excited for you to meet her and hear her story. I feel like she's such a little unicorn. Um, I've sort of adopted her as like my little sister. I'm obsessed with her. So her name is Hannah and she is one of my coaching clients and her Etsy story has been so cool. I've just been so honored and blessed to be on the little journey with her and she's just killed it. So she is a young mama with two babies. They are literally 13 months apart. She is my hero. And meanwhile, she is running this rocking Etsy shop. So Hannah is like the serial entrepreneur type, okay? She she's like me. She came out of the womb like ready to sell some stuff. I love it. And so even at her young age, she has already been a personal trainer and you know, kind of been her, run her own business that way and she's run a blog and she's all self-taught. Um she's she's run been in a couple of different network marketing companies that went really well and then about Two to three years ago, she learned how to bake and she fell in love with baking. I love it. It's not like she's known how to do this forever. She just learned a few years ago and kind of stumbled into business. You're going to love her story, how she stumbled into selling baked goods and like really killing it in her small town in Idaho um, and just being in so such high demand there. And then she has moved into Etsy. She's expanded her business because it's done so well. So um, her first 30 days on Etsy, she made $1,000. She's already over 100 sales just a couple months in, and she's just been a sponge. She's one of those go-getters. She's been learning a ton. She's been teaching herself. <laughs> she's gone. I've been helping her a little bit, but man, she doesn't need much. She's a smart cookie. Um, and now she's been really excited learning some of the more passive sides of Etsy too. So you'll get to hear all about this whole amazing story. I can't wait for you to meet her. So let's welcome Hannah to the podcast. You're going to love this one. Hannah, you're here. Yes. Hi. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. I what? know. We've been trying to plan this forever. I'm so excited we're finally doing it. I know. Between kids and my schedule and also me not showing up for them because for some reason I can't look at my email. <laughs> I am like the most late person ever with you only. I'm not like this in any other area of my life, I swear. You're a beast and you just have a ton going on and I totally respect it. And I literally sit there the day before, I'm like, I should send her a reminder email. I'm like, I'm going to leave her alone. And if she really wants to talk, she'll show <laughs> I do really want to talk. And usually it's like the day after we're scheduled. I'm like, hey, are we talking today? And you're like, no, it was yesterday. <laughs> 
so funny. <laughs> Dang it. It's, been just, it's just been so fun getting to know you. And I feel so um, blessed that you look like you listen in and you reached out and we've gotten to work together. And your story is like chef's kiss. So we have to start there because I know that the listeners are going to gobble it up. And um, so let's start there. Tell us, tell everyone else a bit of your story. What's your background? And then how did you get started in entrepreneurship and baking? Okay. So um, baking is the very last thing. I definitely want people to know that, that like I ever thought I would be doing or... I don't know. I didn't even imagine myself doing it literally until the day I was doing it, I swear. Like it wasn't like this big planned thing, but everything else was in my life was so planned, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. So before I graduated high school, I was a very good student, um, mostly just because I was like kind of awkward and shy. So I didn't really ever go into like, I don't know, like the partiness. So I kind of just went the nerd route because I was comfortable going the nerd route, I like talking <laughs> to girl. teachers and my teachers yes. always kind of like, you know, boosted me up like, oh, you could do anything you want or this or that. So um, I became a personal trainer before I graduated. I was 16 when I got my personal training certification. Oh my gosh. I didn't and, uh, realize you were a minor when you were doing, oh my yep. gosh, it comes out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's how whenever people ask me, oh, how long did you train? And I'm like seven years. And they're like, um, aren't you like 24? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I got my personal training certification and like a couple other little like, you know, in the health industry certifications, because that's where I thought I really wanted my my life to go. I was really passionate about it. I went to the gym every day after school, sometimes even before school, I'd go do a class. I got hired on at my local gym to do um, a couple group classes. And then I started doing some stuff like by myself on the side online. And I really did love it. I personal trained for years and I ended up like kind of niching down to just women and then I went completely online, no more in-person or in-person training and stuff. Um, during that time, I did a couple MLMs. I won't name the names. Um, but I also did well with those. It was very planned. In one of them, I was actually the youngest. I was 18 because you have to be 18 to be in an MLM. Yes. Um, but I was the youngest person ever at that time in the company to like rank up so fast. I got this free trip to Texas. And I did it in like a month. But the thing is, was that I had already been training for two years. So I already had like the clientele base and it was of course a weight loss MLM. So it worked for me and everyone's always oh my like, gosh. Oh, okay. tell us your MLM yeah. secret. And it's like, well, I was already in that industry. So I already had the trust. I never had to go do the, you have to talk to 15 people a day, cold messages and stuff. So it worked for me because of that. Um, so yeah, I did a couple MLMs and then... Um, I started cleaning cabins on the side because I live in a resort town. So, <laughs> um, and they pay really well, start cleaning cabins. Um, and then I moved to North Dakota when I graduated high school and I was a personal trainer for an up and coming chiropractic clinic. So I, like all of her people that had back issues, you know, she'd fix them that way. And then I'd fix their posture and get them like moving and working out and then I opened a meal prep business <laughs> where I was making people's meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. I did keto. I did vegan. I did all this stuff. And I did it from my home, which I don't think was legal. Just saying. Just saying. I don't think it was. Um, and then, but I did end up getting a commercial kitchen and I did it for like a year. And then I moved back home. <laughs> and then I reunited with 
um, my like crush of high school. We lived across the street from each other. He was just this like really tall, six foot four, gangly redhead, <laughs> cowboy, hound hunter boy. Always thought he was the cutest thing ever. But like I said, I was shy, so I never reached out to him. Um, moved back home, and now him and I have two babies together. And um, his dad taught me to bake. So his dad's like this crazy homesteader guy, and he would make bread and noodles, no recipe, just like in a bowl in front of me, talking to me. Like it was nothing. And like, this is like a 65 year old man, just like making noodles, making bread, making rolls all the time. And I was like, just so blown away by it. And I had babies and we decided I was going to be a stay at home mom. And I didn't want to do personal training anymore because it was so draining. And so for a long time, I just didn't make money. And I learned how to cook and I learned how to bake and I learned how to fold laundry properly and clean the toilet. And like, you know, just like all these things that I didn't have the opportunity to learn when I was a kid. And now I'm this mom with zero home skills. Like I tell you, zero home skills. And so I had to learn all this stuff. And then I got to the point where maybe I want to start making money again. So I tried training, you know, not, not, it wasn't my thing. Um, But I fell in love with baking after learning it from uh, my boyfriend's dad. And so I just started baking so much that Jesse couldn't keep up with eating it. And so I started just, I'm not kidding. He'd like, stop making bread. This is unhealthy for like, it's unhealthy on the amount that you're baking like mentally. And it's unhealthy because we're just eating a loaf of bread a day. (laughs) So I was like, okay, fine. You don't want bread. I'll make you cinnamon rolls. And I started making cinnamon rolls and I started taking them to the thrift store and the firehouse just for free because Jesse wouldn't eat them, but I didn't want to stop baking. And then people started calling me like, Hey, um, can we buy those from you? I had businesses calling me. Um, you know, my friend just bought the health food store in our resort town. She wants me to do my sourdough cinnamon rolls there. And this just started becoming a thing. I made a Facebook page on the stay-at-home mom who bakes. And dude, the messages just rolled in like crazy because there's one bakery here, but we live in a series of like a bunch of little towns. So there's one bakery in like a two or three hour radius, you know? So there was nobody that, that delivered. So I just started baking, told people I'll deliver it to your town, all the little you know towns around here. Um, I'll drop it off at your front door. I'll drop it off at your work. People started ordering it for events. And then now I have one, two, three, five businesses that carry my cinnamon rolls or like my sourdough crackers or something, my sourdough starter kits stuff like that. So it really just started out with me having like learning this passion that I only tried for like a year. So I had no like, I didn't go to baking school. I didn't, I just watched YouTube on how to make sourdough starter, you know, Um, and then learning about how much healthier it was for you to do like long fermented sourdough. And it just, I don't know, it just took off. It was just started with a passion for baking. And then I baked too much. And then people started calling and ordering it really. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, your cinnamon rolls are insane. I can vouch for them. They are out of this world spectacular. So you. Um, you are, yeah, no, it's, I'm not surprised. Second of all, can we talk about what a little nugget you just dropped? You were literally just like handing out free stuff and people started calling you in an entire business. Yes. Evolved so, out of that. I mean, I have a couple things in the back of my mind that I think were like the pinpoints in my road to success. And I had bought a blogging course prior to baking because I thought I wanted to blog and make money from ads and, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, but it that was just draining. I think I took it too seriously and I wasn't having fun with it. So I started baking. But 
Um, one of the people I remember learning blogging stuff from said that you will not succeed in blogging if you go into it thinking of it of nothing of a business dude. And she was right because I got so drained and so bored. And I wasn't thinking that with baking. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to make this a business. So I'm going to go into it thinking it's not a business. Like it really wasn't like it seriously was not a business at all. I was just doing what I love to do. And then I made money. It's like, I don't know. There was no planning. There was no branding. Um, I posted a picture of me and my kids and a video of me pouring glaze over the top of cinnamon rolls with music background, which I just took it on Instagram and then I add the music overlay there and then I save it. Like, I don't even know how to do it any other way, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. It. I definitely didn't go into it thinking it was a business. And I think that that is like, a really good, like maybe truth to success there. Not the only truth to success, obviously, but, yes, but a path, right? A, yeah, a, a path. path you can take is just start doing something that you love, even if you don't know how, because I didn't know how, you know, I didn't know how to bake. Oh my gosh. I just so what did, did you expand this into Etsy? Oh, so I'm probably jumping ahead here, but I'm, my, no, my curiosity is you've got this, you've like, it's turned into this whole huge local phenomenon where it's, mm -hmm. you're in shops and there's people, you're making constant deliveries and then where, how did Etsy arrive on the scene of all that? So actually, it's kind of a funny story because I've been a shopper on Etsy for years. Um, but I always was like, this is never be something I'd want to do. <laughs> this seems hard. Yeah. I was like, this just seems too hard. Like, I'll just make my own website thinking that would be easier. Ha ha. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Are you kidding me? No. Like, oh, no. I have nightmares thinking about making my own, own website again. Um, but it really, I started baking so much and I'm the type of person that like, I can't just like do this cute little baking business and make a couple hundred dollars a month. Like, no, it's gotta be this big. Like I can <laughs> say yes to everybody. I've got to get in every business. I've got to ship. I've got to do this and that. So, but delivering was getting exhausting, um, for my kids and for me, because like I said, we live in a bunch of little towns. So I'll deliver all the way to Donley, which is an hour and a half away one way. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll deliver starting in our town. Now people probably know where I live. <laughs> I'll deliver to Donley. Start up away. There's like a 150 mile radius. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll start in our town and then I'll go to the next one and the next one and the next one and then I make my way back. Um, and it just got exhausting keeping my, I have two kids, um, both very young. My son is a little over two. My daughter, daughter's a little over one. They're 13 months apart. So it was very exhausting for them. And it was just very exhausting for me. So I was trying to think of ways that I could more streamline it. And um, the post office is one block away. Wow. Um, so, but then I found myself still doing all of the deliveries and all the Etsy customers. So it was, I just, what I did was just put more on my plate, to be honest. Um, but now I've toned back. <laughs> I've toned back some. I take less personal orders. I deliver to a couple of personal people every week, all the businesses. And then if I do get Etsy orders for baked goods, then I do the baked goods that week. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was mostly like a time thing. You know, I wanted to just be able to ship instead. And then I also just, I think... Like I've shipped to New York a couple of times now, and that's like as far away from me as you can get. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. And and that was just a good feeling, you know, to be able to reach more people. And I also had a fear that my business would slow down here locally because it was like this new thing. Um, so then if my business was to slow down locally, I could be reaching everybody still. 
So maybe if I slow down here, pick up here kind of thing. It was more of a security thing. I'm a big security person. I like to have multiple, multiple things so that if one's down, hopefully one of my other options is up kind of thing. So what did you first start out with in your Etsy shop? Because when you and I first met, um, there were only a couple products in there and it was still doing, it was like, it started doing really, like, I remember getting your email being like, oh my God, I just made a thousand dollars. Yeah. Uh, first so 30 crazy. days. It was crazy. Yeah. I, I actually made $999 my first 30 days. I didn't Amazing. even break a thousand, but I made nine, nine, nine. The first thing I ever put in my Etsy shop was cinnamon rolls. Uh, my okay. Sourdough. It wasn't the sourdough. Okay. Yep. And then um, it was the sour. No, actually it was the sourdough starter, huh? Was it the starter? I okay. It was my sourdough starter kit because it was easy to ship. Um, and I knew like nothing would happen during shipping. Like it's dehydrated, so it won't die or whatever. Um, it's just like sourdough starter kit with my dehydrated sourdough. I have 135 year old sourdough from Alaska. It's like super, super cool, really strong sourdough starter. So it sold really well. So then I started putting my baked goods on there. I put sourdough crackers and sourdough cinnamon rolls, sourdough cinnamon roll jars. And people were ordering those for weddings, um, which was really cool. And then beeswax wraps. So I was like, I started out everything kitchen, you know, was my little niche, like everything kind of traditional kitchen. So beeswax food wraps are just an alternative to plastic wrap. It's just cotton fabric with beeswax, uh, pretty much poured and poured and painted over it and then dried. Um, so I put those on and oh my gosh, those sold like crazy. They also sold like crazy locally, uh, at a farmer's market, I had made like 50 different packages of them and they were all gone in the first day like they sold just oh my goodness fantastically um and no one around here sells them so that was cool I saw them online and I looked up if there was anyone around here that I could find on like Facebook or something that sold them and nobody did so a little bit of market research there I guess I did um but yeah that's what it started with just sourdough and then I wanted to get into little kitchen things like the beeswax wraps and stuff but honestly I had no idea where it was really going <laughs> Hey, hey, this podcast is brought to you by my free masterclass, How to Kickstart Your Etsy Shop. Do you have goals for your Etsy shop that aren't quite happening yet? <laughs> Whether you're an Etsy hobbyist or have dreams for a full-time, replace-your-day-job kind of business, there's definitely a learning curve to figuring out your own Etsy secret sauce. <laughs> and I totally want to help you connect those dots and crack the Etsy code even faster. So... I went ahead and made a free Etsy masterclass for you to start learning some of the critical pieces of the Etsy puzzle that will help you start getting those sales. My How to Kickstart Your Etsy Shop free masterclass will give you massive insights that will make your Etsy challenges feel like an old memory. I'm teaching you two myths that will hold you back if you buy in, two huge mistakes that most new sellers make, and three skills to master to become successful on Etsy. I can't wait to hear your quick wins that come out of this, you guys. You can grab it today. It's available on demand at howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash masterclass. That's howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash masterclass. I will see you there. The best part. But yeah. I know that you've sort of like met, okay, it just like started for fun and then your husband didn't want to get fat. So you had to start giving it to like the firefighters and all that. And then it turned into like local people are calling you and now you're selling all across the United States. Um, and I think it's such a novel idea, you know, like those are things that would be really hard to copy. Um, and I think that's part of what's really set you apart on Etsy. And I know you're, you're doing some new things now to 
I also love, there's like a whole other message, a whole other thing we could talk about, about how you had to kind of sit back. I mean, there were some days where I was hearing from you and you're frantic, like, Lizzie, I can't keep up with all of this. This is insanity. I'm going to pull my hair out. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about that? I think if, if I think you'd be such a good person to talk about reassessing what your capacity is <laughs> and yeah. adjusting your business accordingly, you know, if you feel like mm-hmm. chatting about that a bit. Yeah. So it was actually the weirdest thing. Um, I've always had a major business mindset, but I always, you know, wanted to have kids too. So, and I have learned now over the last few months of doing SE that you cannot go full bore with both. Like, at least I can't. Without help, I mean, right? You'd without, have to hire people and locally you help, can't. Yeah. For sure, without yeah. help. Um, so honestly, it was once I started Etsy and things started taking off way more than I thought. And then things also started taking off locally. I became so busy that it was like I was sleepwalking. I don't even, I almost can't even think about it. And it's the weirdest thing because it was just the start of my business. Like this wasn't, I didn't like catch on five years later and become like, oh, so overwhelmed and so busy. But I also started baking around the holidays. So I started in November when I was starting to market it as a business. So, but it didn't stop. Like it didn't stop in January, you know? And then Valentine's Day came. But there was a period of time there where I feel like I didn't even see my kids and I was under the same roof as them, you know, because I was just saying yes to everybody. And I just had this mindset of, oh, I can take care of my kids and make this much money from home. So I'm going to do it. And I realized like I was starting to hate baking and it was just becoming too much. And I was dreading putting the cinnamon rolls in the oven and then taking them all out and glazing them. I was, even if I was getting an Etsy order and they would order something, all I could think in my head was, oh my gosh, I hope it's not cinnamon roll jars because I do not want to make buttercream. Like, at all. (laughs) Um, And the only days that I was really enjoying during this super, super busy time was delivery days because driving doesn't really take much like thought and it was just like quiet and I could listen to podcasts and deliver people what they wanted that I actually cannot believe I even got it done um so I just started thinking and you had talked to me even prior to me getting very very busy about adding something to my shop that was like more passive you know Mm -hmm. um whether it be like supplying some baking utensils or packaging or something so I started yep, looking supplies in, do great on Etsy. Yep. So I started looking yeah. into that. Um, I found printables. So that was the first thing that I found printables and wall art, which I thought was really cool because I am like this little homemaker that came from not knowing anything to suddenly like my house is pretty darn spotless. Uh, yeah. like, somehow I manage all of this, you know, uh, my house is always clean. My laundry is always done. I'm making money from home. My kids are healthy. My kids are clean. They're learning and I'm learning too. And I'm doing these things. I taught myself how to sew. I taught myself how to embroider. I, I actually taught myself how to do a new stitch this morning and fixing Jesse's jeans where the, where the, the thread won't show, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll teach myself all these things. So maybe I have more to offer here than just cinnamon rolls, you know? So um, I was so this starting is the beauty of Etsy though, right? So yes. many choices. Can, yeah, please continue. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I make where I feel like I'm actually helping somebody not just helping them get their sugar fix? Um, but where it also stays kind of niche and, you know, I, I have these sourdough starters and people were wanting to learn how to make bread and 
make their own sourdough stuff, which I just thought was so cool. I wanted to help them do that. And so I started making um, digital downloads for like how to meal plan for your family and how to make sourdough bread for your first time, stuff like that. And it just has kind of evolved from there to making cute sourdough and homemaking, homesteading shirts and hats and mugs. And it's just, it's evolving into this big thing where I'm not having to bake so much anymore. Um, yeah. And uh, these other streams of income are a lot more hands off. I don't make as much with them, um, but they are just, you know, a lot more hands off. And I feel like when somebody buys, you know, my meal plan digital download and they're using it at home and they're able to streamline that little part of their life every month. Like I actually helped that person, you know, maybe that mom now can go make an Etsy account and start living her little dream because she found the time to do it because she's not struggling every single night with dinner, you know, for your mugs and your shirts. Are you making those or did you go the print on demand route? I'm going the print on demand route. So I design them. Um, okay. Honestly, I don't even know how I did it. <laughs> it just worked. <laughs> there's not there's not a lot that I could find on YouTube that really, really taught that. Um, In Canva? But, yeah. Well, no, there's okay. a ton on YouTube that teaches Canva. But like there's not, if you type in like print on demand Etsy, there's not a whole lot. Like, you know, um, there's some, and I found like this two hour long video on how to put Printify onto your Etsy shop. So you can make these designs in Canva, which I use Canva Pro. It's like $9 a month or something. Um, but in all reality, I didn't used to use Canva Pro and you might even be able to make it happen without Canva Pro. Um, I just use the free version. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so you just make the designs on Canva and you, you download them as a transparent background. And then you go into Printify or Printful and you upload them to a shirt or to a mug and it will tell you on there as you're uploading what size it wants it to be. So you can resize it in Canva. There's literally a resize button and you just copy what Printify says, put it in there, download it as transparent and put it over the mug, put it over the shirt, put it over the sweatshirt. And boom, then it's like it's linked to your Etsy account. So when people buy it, it goes straight to Printify and they send it. Like I didn't even touch this sweatshirt. I didn't even touch the shirt or this mug. Um, and... I must admit they're not selling quite as much as my baked goods were, but right. there's a lot less yeah. competition for my baked goods. You know, um, there's a lot of people selling shirts on Etsy. There's a lot of people selling mugs on Etsy. So the most important thing to me was the only way to compete with any of those people was to be very niche um, or very big. You know, you could make sweatshirts for every single holiday if you wanted to in your little Etsy shop or you know, moms, dads, kids, all of that and become very big. And I'm sure you would make sales, but I, I just wanted to be very niche, you know? Um, so going the homemaker route and making clothing for us homemakers that we can wear in public and say like, Hey, this is who I am. And this is what I do. I thought it was really cool. And my homemaker shirt, I just put it up. I don't know, two weeks, three weeks ago. And I've sold like, it doesn't, long. It. It doesn't feel like that long. It doesn't Are feel you like selling them already. Yeah, I sold like 18 of them. What? And, oh my gosh. <laughs> and um I've put up some others now too. I have sold a couple other ones. Um yeah. So I mean This is a teachable moment, not yeah. not specifically for you, but for the listeners. So I want to take a second and, and put my coach hat on because here's the thing. 
if you were running your own website right now, there's not a vacation mode. <laughs> yeah. You can adjust inventory. Like there, it's not impossible, but this is the beautiful thing about Etsy. Like A, we have vacation mode when we need to take a break. B, and this is this is what's brilliant for you. You have a product that is totally your like your baking things are totally scrumptious totally unique and people love them, want to buy them, but you don't want to be totally burned out, which I'm so proud of you for making that decision for yourself, because I know you're a go-getter like you and me, we are wired as a hardcore entrepreneur. And if there's our, if there's a possibility to make money and make sales, we want to like clamp down with both jaws, like, yeah, <laughs> and take and scoop it all up. So, but you've said, wait, wait a second, this isn't totally healthy, but here's what is. So if you guys are listening and you can kind of identify with this, here's, here's what Hannah can do. She can add in all of these, um, print on demand, passive income items for when she needs to backfill a bit. And, and, and this is actually some of my biggest competitors from my sign shop. They didn't just have their, their shop was open all the time, but they dropped stuff when they wanted to, they weren't just at the whim of the customer burning themselves out to death. What they did was they built up a following just like Hannah did in the beginning, got lots of people excited. And then when they felt like it, they dropped a bunch of product and they would tell their Instagram people, Hey guys, or my, their email list. Hey guys, like insider alert, this is going and they sell out the same day. So they are able to work on their schedule. This is what you're going to be able to do. Hannah. That's so great. You can still enjoy your love of baking. You can still sell baked goods. You can still have the allure of people wanting to come back to your shop for those goods. But in the meantime, you've got other things that can sell passively so that you can do this as batches when you want to. And that, I mean, I'm taking the cap off again now, but that is a beautiful thing. So good job. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I just, yeah, I, I don't want people to be afraid to turn their current handmade product that is selling well, or maybe it's not selling well yet. You know, I don't want them to be afraid of turning that into other things too, that can be more passive. Um, because if you're staying you and you're staying within, you know, like, these are the people that I'm selling to, these are the people that I want to attract, then I think you can sell just about anything. You know, you just have to market it towards the right person and don't try not to market to everybody. Um, that was like a big mistake that I made for years and years and years was just trying to do everything and, you know, have a finger in every single pot and I wanted everybody to know it. So that everyone that looked at my Instagram story I would be selling something that they liked, you know, at least one item that that one person liked. And that's just way too much work on my end. And building a bunch of tiny little things like that, just it won't make you enough. I mean, maybe some people, but it won't, didn't make me enough money um, to, you know, go with all the time that I was putting into trying to build a business that way. So yeah, I just decided to add all of these other avenues in, but stayed very niche with it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I think you've, I think you've shared so many amazing lessons there. So let's like, let's change, um, topics a little bit because something that I think you're really good at is your photography. Um, and this is so fun because it's not like you're a professional photographer before. Like, I want you to talk about this a bit because your photography, that was one of the first things I thought when you said, when you, um, signed up for coaching with me and you like, I submitted, you're like, here, these are my accounts. And I went and looked, I was like, oh my gosh, your pictures are insane. So I, I mean, jaw, jaw dropping, literally. So um, where, how did you learn how to do that? Like, tell, tell us about this. And if there's anything you can share insights for the listeners, I mean, you guys, your photo your photography has to be incredible on Etsy. It like it just has to be, it has it to be, it has to compete with thousands of other pictures in the feed. So please, Hannah, I mean, I am an amateur. You are a genius at this. Please <laughs> tell us. 
Okay, so first off, I am not a genius at this. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so I don't want anyone to ever get discouraged or think that they have to hire out this crazy, you know, not overpriced because photographers, their job is definitely hard and worth the money that you pay. But not all of us can afford it. And I definitely couldn't. Like, I'm just a broke homemaking mama, you know? <laughs> like I didn't have money to just work. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so... I guess there's, hmm, let me break it down into two things. Um, the first thing is taking the picture before ever editing it, but just getting the picture on your phone, you know, or, and that's all I use. I, um, iPhone seven here, I think maybe six. Don't know. Camera's terrible. I think the camera's terrible. Um, it's cracked. It's broken. I've probably had it for three years and Walmart no longer even sells this one. So when it breaks, I will be buying the same one off of Amazon. So yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the iPhone six. So I don't have a fancy camera. Um, I don't pay for any editing apps. Um, I use Lightroom, but to go back. Okay. So the first thing to do is obviously getting the picture. And so you really want to just focus on the details. You don't just want to put a mug on a table and take a picture of the mug on the table. Like you have to think of how can I make this different? So set the mug up. I don't even like set up a bunch of props in the background or anything like that. I just find a nice, yeah. well-lit place in my house, which sometimes means you don't get that picture that day. You know, sometimes you have to be patient. You have to wait till the next day. Maybe you didn't get your project done in time. So now you just have to wait for the right lighting, but don't compromise and throw up a photo with bad lighting. Um, natural lighting is the best. Even when it comes to editing, it's really hard to edit out bad lighting uh, or yes. a grainy photo. Um, so just wait till the light is good and set up. I have concrete floors in my house that are like stamped. I don't know if you can probably see in the background, um, but I take a lot of my photos on the floor. Yeah, guys, I take food photos on the floor because that's where the lighting is and that's where they look pretty. They're in a pan. I don't just like throw a cinnamon roll on the floor and take a photo, but so, <laughs> don't just put the mug on a table and take a photo from, you know, the top. This is the mug. Like get an up close photo of little details of it, taking a picture of like half the design with, with the handle in it. Um, don't take a picture of the whole shelf, like get up to the edge of the shelf, get the wood grain in the photo, get these little details that you're not even selling in the photo. Um, wow. you know, I, I sell like to a homemaking community or homesteading community and we love that rustic feel and, um, I use a lot of stoneware when I bake and it gets stained up in stuff, but I captured that. Like this is like a used piece of equipment that I have, you know, used over and over and over again. And my cinnamon rolls are in it. And, but it just, it looks pretty because you're, I don't know, you're making those details look pretty. Like you're giving those details life, I guess. Um, Brilliant. Take, yeah. I mean, I could make this fork look pretty and I don't know how I do it. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, um, you could. Yours, it's true. I really could. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the first thing is just learning how to get pictures of those little details that you don't think people care about, what they actually really do. Um, I have one of my best pictures I ever took is of a salt and pepper shaker that I have on one of our wooden shelves. And I wouldn't sell this salt and pepper shaker. It's my favorite salt and pepper shaker. It goes with like my whole China set that I use, even though my grandma would kill me if she found out I was using it. But it just, it's, just leave it on the shelf, right? Never use your yes. actual China. Yeah, it's on the shelf, guys. It just has salt and pepper in it too. But 
<laughs> it's just sitting on a shelf and the wood grain is in the photo and like the details of the floral details of the salt and pepper shaker are on, you know, like they're just standing out. The light is coming through my windows. It's beautifully lit up. I could probably sell that salt and paper, pepper shaker if I wanted to because of that photo. So most important thing is details. Don't just take a boring picture of the product itself. Get up close. You'll be surprised what looks pretty. You really will. Take a picture of the rim. Like take a picture with your hand around it. Uh, if you have tattoos, they look really pretty and edited yep. photos holding something. They really do. Yep. I have roses all over my arm and it really stands out and looks pretty. Um, Get angles you wouldn't think are pretty, and you'd be surprised after you edit them how pretty they really are. Or even sometimes don't edit them if you have really good lighting. But then it comes to the editing, you know. Um, and the reason I like Lightroom so much is because you can play with the editing so much. And then when you find, wow, this picture looks really good. I turned up the brightness. And when you turn up the brightness, it kind of dilutes all the colors in the photo. So then you want to turn up the contrast a little bit, maybe the shadows a little bit to bring those colors back out so it doesn't look drowned out um bring up the detail lightroom has a detail option in there so that makes that wood grain pop you know or that ugly stain on your stoneware it makes that stain pop just a little more and it gives character and like realness i guess you know um so yeah i guess that's a good one if you turn the, the brightness up turn the contrast up too and maybe some shadows and um if you have too much light, turn down the highlights. You know, you start to learn these things as you go. Watch some YouTubes on like basic Lightroom editing. Um, I also have a friend in California and she has presets that she is planning on selling. She's got a whole bunch of them. And I used to send my pictures to her and she'd edit them for me. But she's always got so many photography things going on that it would take me days to get my pictures back. And I was like, I'm ready to throw these up on Etsy now. So she showed me how to do it and she literally just did what exactly I did. And you get that one picture that you really like, like of my salt and pepper shaker. And I played with the brightness. I played with the contrast until it was just this really clean, crisp, detailed photo. And then you can copy it and you can paste it to every single one of your photos. So and good. that's what I do. And occasionally the photo has to have the brightness turned up more or, you know, down a little bit. And you have to kind of edit them depending. If I take them on my concrete floor, they're usually perfect. If I take them on my hutch, which is a darker color, then I usually have to, like, it looks kind of orange. So that's when you go into the color and you turn down the saturation and make it look a little more blue and light than orangey colored. Um, but once you, yeah, so, you know, once you get that perfect one and you don't even have to do what I did and play with it for so long, you can contact someone like my friend who I will use her presets and you buy them and then you have them and you copy them and paste them to every single photo. You know, it's, it's, we can totally link her and her, you know, whatever yeah. you want to send me, we can link her in the show notes for people. If she's got good stuff. I think that yeah, this is absolutely. one of the things that feels really overwhelming to people. It's like photography and shipping are, I think really big barriers to entry for people. And so learning, having some of these little simple things they can grab is really helpful. So thank yeah. you actually. I, I was sitting there learning a lot and you guys want to make sure like with the editing, it, what it should do is make, um, is reveal what your product really looks like. You don't want to edit it so it looks different than what mm -hmm. the customer is actually going to get. She was focusing on editing the background. That's what she was really talking about adjusting. But you want to make sure that's an important thing too if you don't want to get bad reviews is making sure your edits, your edited photo still really reflects what they're going to get in the end. Yes, exactly. So yeah. I, for instance, will have my, my eight cinnamon rolls in a round baking dish and I'll take up close photos where 
I get two or three of those cinnamon rolls, the baking dish around the edge, and the cute, you know, I have a really old, beautiful wooden hutch. So it's sitting on that. So I'm getting the hutch, I'm getting the baking dish, I'm getting a little of the parchment paper, and then I'm getting the cinnamon roll and the glaze. So there's different layers. And and when you start yeah. adding in those layers, and it's just an up close, I turn the detail up on that one quite a bit so that you can see kind of all of the it like the air bubbles and the like striations in the cinnamon rolls and the bubbles and yeah. the glaze. And then you take one of the whole thing up above. You know, and and that yeah, one so people can little, go through the photo gallery. Yep. Exactly. So they can see really what they're getting from the above angle. They can see what they're getting from the side angle. And then you do all these little close up like style shots, I guess, where the editing is you turn up the detail and stuff on that so it really pops and looks really pretty. And I guess that's just what I did is, I mean, and then videos is really important too. I have on like yeah, my cinnamon roll so videos. Said that. Yes. Yep. Five second video. I, what I did was put my cinnamon rolls on a lazy Susan and pour the glaze. And then I spun the lazy Susan with my phone above it. And it was spinning with the glaze on, going on, pouring out onto it, you know? So, and you can do that with anything. I mean, if you're selling jewelry, just hold your jewelry up in like against a white background with beautiful lighting and just move your finger and video it and video it twinkling, you know, in that light. Like it's a five second video. You got to use it. You got to. It, no, they're and huge. And now I guess something like 50% of Etsy shoppers, maybe more than that, I have to look up the statistic, actually want to see a listing video because being able to see the product move helps them get a better sense of what they're getting. So, yeah. and when I, if I'm feeling lazy, if I'm making a listing or something, honestly, the biggest thing you can tell yourself is if it wasn't, if Etsy wasn't asking for it, it wouldn't be important. You got to fill out the oh, whole thing, guys. You can't leave yeah. it out. You got to fill out the description as best as you can. You got to fill out the title and the tags as best as you can. You got to put the video in because it's asking for a video. It's not, it says optional, but it's not. If you want to make sales on Etsy, it's not optional. You just got to do it, you know? And that's what I do when I get lazy. I'm like, oh, either I'm going to waste all my time doing this and have to come fix it later. or I'm just going to do it right. Or maybe I'll just shut my laptop, watch some Netflix and do it later. <laughs> Seriously. I do think it makes a huge difference. I do think if you want to be set apart, a big thing you can do is your is a video. Yeah, um, definitely. Yep. Yeah, I really want to do some more resources on that for people. I think it's really important. Okay, so if you've been around the podcast for a while now, you have heard me tell you guys that you shouldn't put all your eggs in the Etsy basket, right? <laughs> Etsy owns their platform and we are just guests. So it's super important for your longer term business goals to use your Etsy shop to build an email list. That way you can continue to communicate with the people who already love your products and create an asset that will stay with you as you expand your Etsy shop and beyond. The tool that I recommend for this is CraftKit because it compliantly integrates directly into your Etsy shop and will streamline a ton of work for you. Once you have CraftKit set up with your Etsy shop, and it's super simple, by the way, like no high-tech confusion or mess, which is a win. Every time you get an order after that, CraftKit is going to pull over your customer's email address and then automatically communicate with them with the messages that you set up ahead of time. So it's gonna auto send the messages you create as each transaction milestone occurs in the order process. For example, it's going to send a thank you for your order email, a notification that the order has shipped, a delivery confirmation email, and anything else that you set up within it. I personally love this automation, you guys. Like, it's such a time saver, which is really critical when you become a busy shop. But even better than that, 
CraftKit is also going to start inviting each and every customer to join your email list. And it makes it super easy for both you and your customer. Once they hop on your list, you can set up a drip campaigns for days, reminding them about your brand and inviting them to revisit your shop. So if CraftKit has hit your curiosity button, which I hope it has, I made a YouTube tutorial that I will link in the show notes so that you can see a back office sneak peek of exactly how this works. I know that always helps. They offer a 14 day free trial. And if you use my coupon code, which is SMILEY, S-M-I-L-E-Y, all in caps, you will get a 50% off discount for your first three months. So I will link that for you as well. Whatever you do, my friend, cover your own back and start building your email list. You'll thank me later. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's, um, what else do we, there's so much more I could talk to you about. Let's talk about, let's talk about the coaching was like for you, Hannah. Um, I think that's a really important thing to hit on because you actually know me personally now and most people don't. So we've done a few, more than a few now, one-on-one coaching sessions together, which the were- ones I make it <laughs> What's that? The ones I show up for. <laughs> no, we always, yeah, you, we did, you never didn't show up for, you only didn't show up for like a more casual, let's hang out and chat session. You never oh, didn't no. show up for a coaching session. I'm serious. You were always there cool. for one that okay, was, good. was paid for. Good. So tell me about that though. What was that like for you? And like, what were the biggest takeaways? And like, do you think, you know, what do you think the value level of that is? So um, just because I had come from a background of, I did take that $200 blogging course a while ago, like. I, and then I did start a full WordPress blog. Um, so I understood SEO and kind of how to talk to people and for the most part, how to take photos at that point. When I was talking to you, I was actually just learning how to actually really edit the photos myself with my friend. Um, but I was feeling just like really overwhelmed and Etsy was a new platform. And I'm the type of, honestly, the best piece of advice that I can give you is putting it from a perspective of going to podcast app and typing in Etsy and you find a podcast and he or she has 10, 10 videos or a 10 podcasts and you, the title of eight of them do not sound good. Cause you already know it. Listen to them anyways. If you think you know it, you probably don't really. I mean, you know, things that I thought I knew about SEO. I thought I, you know, had SEO down pretty good. But I knew that if I wanted to succeed with Etsy, I needed to talk to somebody else that has been successful with Etsy. Even though I know a lot of these little tidbits from all the other things that I tried to do, I could probably do a decent job of putting it all together. I needed somebody to sit down with me and like put it all, you know, in my head and organize it and understand it. And seriously, that's what I do now is I have learned so many little pieces of gold from your podcasts, even though... And most of the time that I learn things, it's from the ones that I thought that I already knew about. So I was just listening to them to be a time filler or something, you know, or because I like listening to you talk for some reason. (laughs) Um, So I paid for actually what happened. Funny story. um, People will probably like this is uh, my boyfriend, Jesse, might as well be my husband. We have two kids together. We just haven't done the whole wedding thing yet. We got too many other irons in the fire, but um, he spent $1,100 on a course that he wanted because he's very into stocks. And his way to justify that was him sitting in his chair and be like, oh, I'm going to give you $1,100 to spend. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because I'm going to. And I don't remember what happened. Um, we It, it must have been when we refinanced our house. We don't just have like $1,100 laying around, you know, but we bought a really crappy house, this one that Jesse is a construction worker and made it not so crappy. 
So then we could refinance it and, you know, be able to get some of that money out of it. So yeah, we, we we're not like wealthy people, but he's like, yeah. Um, so then I was like, okay, like I just started this Etsy thing. The best thing that you can do is like learn from people that already know what they're doing. So I went to, oh man, I was already listening to your podcast. I'd listened to every single one of them in like two days. And I was like, okay, she's got to have more. So I went to your little thing and, uh, I bought the $97, $97, something. That's what Um, the coaching was. Yeah. Yeah. Coaching call. And I was like, I'm just going to do it. Jesse never gave me that $1,100. Just to be clear. Oh, you're joking. I got 97, but he pays for Uh. everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's the reason I get to be the stay at home mom and just, you know, embroider all day or do whatever. So, um, but so I spent the $97 on that. And then I think I bought like a little YouTube course from somebody else that I don't think I ever did. <laughs> um, but I got on that call with you and you just laid it out for me. And I think I taught you some things too. Um, totally. I always yeah. learn from you guys. It's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And just, just talking to you and really being able to lay this out on an organizational level and like understand all these parts and pieces that go into Etsy and just, just understanding what the payment reserve was and why they weren't giving me my money. Like, (laughs) you know, like, why won't they pay me? (laughs) Um, and then, uh, you really taught me about the holiday things, you know, like you can have this listing up, say it's like a shirt for a mom, but you can also copy that listing and make it a gift for a mom. You can copy that listing and make it a gift for mom from daughter, you know? And yeah. I didn't know Rebrand that. your existing stuff. I, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. So I just had one listing for everything that was set to one set of keywords that was working, but then I'm just kind of oversaturating those. I'm not really getting my feelers out to all these other places. And yeah, so I mean, really, you just taught me how to take this knowledge that I knew and put it down. But I know that if I didn't know what I had already knew and you known, you would have taught that to me too, you know? So I came to you with a deck of cards, but I know if I would have came to you empty-handed, you would have given me that deck of cards. And either way, that $97 was 110% worth it because seriously, I don't think I would have been able to put this all together in my head to where I could calm down and really just do the work versus thinking about doing the work and like worried, am I doing this right? Because that's the biggest thing is, you know, you're always in your head. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Is this going to work? And now when I put an Etsy listing up, it's just like, well, I'm going to wait for my first sale now. It's not, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get a sale on that, you know, like I have (laughs) that confidence. I am doing this right kind of thing since, you know, I started getting and talking to you, which we've talked quite a few times now. Yeah. But that one initial one with you taught me a lot and it taught me that I wanted to continue doing it. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. I think, I think you guys, if you're considering any of this, um, the the offerings change. If you're, if you're really brand new and you're trying to figure it all out, the course is going to teach you a lot more because it's like several hours of the basics you probably don't want to pay me by the hour for that. So Hannah was a perfect coaching client because she already knew basic SEO. She already had photography skills. She always already had her basics in place. What she needed was another person who was successful on the platform to look at it with her and make refinements. Mm-hmm. And so people who want to learn from the very basics, like, yes, I can do that with you by the hour, but that's going to cost you more. I'd rather save you the money. Start with a course. And then I don't know, Hannah, I can't believe I'm just going to say this on the podcast, but you guys know me. I'm so like real. I think I'm actually going to make it to where 
I don't do coaching um, unless they've done the course so that that time and money is better spent. So uh, you guys just yeah. know that that's kind of on my mind and I may do that. So if you want to grab coaching, do it. And if not, start with the course, because I'm thinking I might do that way. But Hannah, thank you for like, you're, you're the perfect person because we've just been together from the beginning. Like you started with me, like only a few months after the podcast and stuff launched and we've been, we've been together. So, but you're a wealth of information. So before we head off today, because I'm like watching the time and I'm just like, how you, you and I do, we're famous for this. We'll spend hours. <laughs> what are your like three biggest tips that you'd give a brand new Etsy seller um, or someone who's thinking about getting started? Like what would be your wisdom that you would want to impart to them today? Um, do what you love. For sure. Do something you are passionate about, but don't do it to the point that you're no longer passionate about it. Write it down on paper what you want to do. I love to bake sourdough. Who else loves to bake sourdough? Homemaking moms, homesteading moms, you know, is what I noticed. Stay-at-home moms really like to just have their hands in the dough. Okay, so how can I make passive income ways to reach those people as well so that I'm not just burning out my passion? You guys, there are so many elements to this. Like there are so many routes that you can take. It's incredible. So really sit down and write these things out that you like. And then also write out the things that the people that like what you like are buying or what they could be buying or what they should be buying, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So find your passion and then find ways to, even if you're not doing it right away, but find ways to kind of streamline it a little bit so that you're not just honestly beating yourself into the ground with it. Yeah. And then you start to not like it because that's when you might quit. Um, and did you say three things? It doesn't matter. Just share your okay. wisdom, whatever you feel yeah. like sharing. Find your passion and then find ways to make passive income with it as well would be my, probably my biggest piece. You don't want to go into something that you don't like. Um, and, and don't then, want to burn out. <laughs> yeah. And then um, don't discredit the people that have already done it. Like you have to take a class, invest in it because that $27, $27, class is going to take you so far. And I, I'm not a person that just like has the money to be spending on classes. I yeah. saved and saved and saved for that blogging course that I took. And mm-hmm. it still took me like three or four months to put my blog together. But if it wasn't, for buying that course, I would have never got my blog together. I would have given up. You know, I would have been discouraged. I would have felt I'm not as good as these other people. If you don't think that you are as good as them, take their course. They're not lying. Like, they, you know, they, they'll give you the information that you need to do it. You need to invest in yourself. Even if it's the cheapest course out there, you're going to learn something yeah. from it. Yeah. Really. You know, um, you don't have to buy a $3,000, $4,000 course. No. Just start buying the little ones and learn learn little things. You know, if I, I wanted to save that, it was actually $297 that I spent on that blogging course, but I could have bought it in little pieces. But I knew that yeah. if I saved that much, I could, I, you know, then I could save some money. But if you can't do that, just buy the little pieces and go. Um, yeah, you can learn it yourself too, I'm sure. But even me as a stay-at-home mom. You've either got like time or money. You know, if you've got tons and tons of time, you can spend weeks and weeks like scouring the internet and find what you need. You really can. It's just going to take enormous amounts of time. If you have a little bit of money, um, there are, yeah, like you said, there are pieces and courses that are are really cheap. I think mine's only $150 right now. Um, Yeah. 
pick what's right for you. Because here's the thing. You don't want to take my course if you want to go into print on demand. You want to take the one that Jenny mentioned back in that episode. If you want to build, if you want to sell website templates, you want to take Anastasia's course back in that, you know, mine is for more of the handmade person. I definitely talk about printables and things like that, but it's like, you need to find the one that's the right fit for you, but you can find it for free if you've got tons of time. But if you have no time and a little bit you can invest, that's the way to go. I yeah, agree with and, you, Hannah, completely. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I didn't have any money to invest and I had all the time. Like Mac, when I had my son, he slept all day, but I started trying to learn it myself. And I told myself, no, you are going to come up with this money. Like, it gets overwhelming at some point, doesn't it? Because then you're trying to sift yeah. through, well, who's telling the truth? Because this person's saying this, but this person's saying this. And what's, you like find the person that. who has what you want, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, not only that, but what's dated and what's updated. You know, you might find a great exactly. video on how to start an Etsy shop from 2017, but I can guarantee it's, it's not the same <laughs> it's as that all video. Different. Yeah. Yes. So you need to find somebody that you can connect with, like I have with Lizzie, who will keep you up yeah. on all of that stuff too, you know? And to this day, that blogging course that I took a couple years ago, when things update, she updates it in the course. So then I can go into I my- I love people who do that. Yeah. That's so classy. And I don't have to buy it again, but she's still filling no. with information and new information. So really guys, the best thing I can say is even if you only have $27 in your bank account, go buy some eggs, go buy some milk, and then find a $23 course. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding, you guys. Amen. <laughs> You'll, learn. You'll learn something. Uh, yeah. If you have a Gucci bag, sell it. You don't need that Gucci yeah. bag. You need that Etsy course. Okay. I don't really know what Gucci sells for, but I'm sure you could buy a couple courses with that. <laughs> Get that puppy up on Poshmark or wherever yes. you sell designer stuff. You gotta have the will to do it. That's just what it is. Like you gotta have the will to sacrifice some the grit. Yep. The grit. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Hannah, thank you. I'm so glad we made this happen. Thank you for hiring a babysitter so you could come hang out with us today. We treasure you. Yes, and guys, I'm, gonna... what? I'm not even paying that babysitter. I'm giving her a sourdough starter. Like, that's how you do it. You that's how you mm -hmm. get your way. You just, you find the other ways, you know? So we'll have to we'll have to have you back as this all evolves because you've got so many interesting irons in the fire. But I just, I can't thank you enough for being here. So... Yeah, thanks for having me. It was really fun. I'm glad we finally got it done. <laughs> so glad. I'm so glad. All right, my love, I will talk to you soon. And you guys, I will talk to y'all next week or on TikTok or on Instagram or wherever. Y'all take care. <laughs> Bye. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.